Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Senator Rand Paul and Dr. Anthony Fauci had an epic throwdown yesterday, in which both men accused one another of lying over whether the U.S. funded gain of function research at the Wuhan lab. So, does Senator Paul have his facts mixed up, or is Dr. Fauci trying to deflect and dance around a little bit? The old Potomac two step. We'll answer that question in tonight's Hold the Line. Friends, welcome to Hold The Line. I'm Buck Sexton. It's one of the biggest stories in the world and one of the biggest ones in living memory. How did we get hit with this once-in-a-century pandemic? Was it just a natural occurrence, a, a freak-of-nature situation? Or was there a human hand in this? Was there actual gain-of-function research where they mess with viruses to make them more transmissible, to perhaps make them more deadly? going on, and did that virus escape from a lab? Let's just, as, as we review where we are today, let's remember what Dr. Fauci, who now says no gain of function, oh my gosh, gain of function? We would never touch him, never think of such a thing. Here's what Fauci was saying about gain of function research back in 2013. I think that, that where we are right now in science and molecular biology and particularly molecular virology and our ability to sequence and recombine and, and create various organisms in some respect, is that the best way to prevent a nefarious act is to develop a culture of responsibility among scientists. You, you have to have some um, restrictions in the sense of you don't do work that could actually hurt people in the sense of if you have a laboratory accident, you have to have the right containment. Uh, once you start being too restrictive, you then impede creativity for so many of the good things that could come out of the same type of work. Don't want to impede that creativity around gain-of-function research and viruses, right? You don't want to get in the way of the maestro. Don't want to get in the way of the genius of the international health uh, policy community and researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China, right? Interesting that that was his perspective uh, almost 10 years ago. And yet, what does Dr. Fauci say now? Well, if he's pushed on the issue, if he receives a bit of uh, criticism, he can get quite defensive. And that's what happened. Play, clip, uh, play the clip where Fauci and Paul are fighting. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, 
Do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain-of-function. Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly, and I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. It's a dance, and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility for four million people dying around the world okay. from a pandemic. Pretty harsh stuff, right? Someone's right and someone's wrong. Someone's telling the truth and someone's trying to gain points for their side at the expense of truth. And I think it's very important that we figure out exactly who and how and what's really going on here. Rand Paul certainly feels that way, which is perhaps why he has referred Dr. Fauci for possible criminal prosecution, a criminal referral to the Department of Justice against Fauci over the Wuhan lab, saying that Fauci lied to Congress, and it is in fact a crime to lie to Congress. So do we believe that this is going to go anywhere? Probably not. Do you think that in DC you could even get a jury to convict Fauci of anything? I mean, you couldn't get them to convict Fauci of a speeding ticket probably in Washington, DC, never mind lying to Congress. But it makes the point nonetheless that it forces people to ask the question, did Fauci lie? Or is Fauci telling the truth? We should know the answers to this. Because let's remember, the people who were in the early stages of the COVID-19 pandemic determining for all of us what the origins of this were and saying that they knew and that it was a conspiracy theory, one that big tech needed to weigh in on to make sure it didn't get too much play, too much oxygen out, oxygen out there. We were told it was a big conspiracy. And then, hmm... And then it turned out that wasn't the case. But if we had known that at the beginning, if we had known that Fauci and the rest around him as they circled the wagons to make sure that the lab leak theory was not the predominant one, but in fact the natural origin of the wet market uh, theory was what the scientific community's so-called consensus was all about, uh, that would have made us feel very differently, most likely, about a lot of the other pronouncements that the Fauciites made about what we all have to do. And now everyone, let's, let's be clear, including members of the Biden administration at the top level, are taking the lab leak quite seriously. Here's from CNN. Biden officials uh, overseeing an intelligence review in the origins of the coronavirus. They now believe the theory the virus accidentally escaped from a lab in Wuhan is at least as credible as the possibility that it emerged naturally in the wild, a dramatic shift from a year ago when Democrats publicly downplayed the so-called lab leak theory. Let's remember something else. The lab leak theory would have meant that there was a lot of blame specifically for China, but also for international health policy collaboration and the kind of globalist health policy community that you would see in the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the connections to the NIH. So there was going to be blame there. And what do the Democrats want to do? They wanted to blame Donald Trump for the whole thing. The COVID-19 disaster had to be Trump's fault in 2020 so they could put the doddering buffoon Joe Biden in the Oval Office as his replacement. So whatever they had to say, whatever stories they had to tell to achieve that end, they felt were inherently justified.
But not only are Democrats taking the lab leak hypothesis seriously, there are left-wing or Democrat-aligned journalists out there who are saying, yeah, guys, Fauci's actually on really shaky ground here. This was Josh Rogan. Hey, guys, Rand Paul was right and Fauci was wrong. The NIH was funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan, but NIH pretended it didn't meet their gain-of-function definition to avoid their own oversight mechanism. Sorry, not sorry, if that doesn't fit your favorite narrative. So here's a person, I was he a Washington Post guy, I think. Here's somebody who is saying straight up, Fauci is wrong. And if Fauci's wrong, given what he's been saying and the vociferous way in which he says it, it's fair to think that maybe Fauci's not just wrong, he's lying. And Dr. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, may have seen all along what's really going on here. Never forget, the great hero of Democrats in the early days of the pandemic was Governor Cuomo of New York, who ended up with one of the worst records and a, and a, and a history of lying and changing numbers and doing everything he could to manipulate the circumstance with Dr. Fauci. We're not there yet, but eventually I'm hoping we'll get to the place where we realize this guy was the biggest disaster to come out of any federal bureaucracy in the history of the United States government. All right, we'll have more on the showdown between Senator Paul and Dr. Fauci with First TV contributor Tiana Lowe when we come back. But first, let me tell you about my friends at Done For Your Real Estate. Have you ever wanted to invest in real estate, but you didn't have the time to do it on your own and you didn't want to make rookie mistakes? I felt exactly the same way as you until about a year ago. I always loved the idea of real estate investment, but I knew I needed help to get started. That's when I met my friends at Done For Your Real Estate. They took all the guesswork out of it for me. They found me an awesome property. They rented it out for me right away. They managed the tenant for me. And now I get a check every month like clockwork. Don't wait another second to see if my buddies at Done For Your Real Estate can do for you what they did for me. Visit doneforyoubuck.com to see how it works. Again, every step of the process, from picking the city, the house, getting the loan set up, getting a tenant in place, and a management company to handle the whole thing for you. Just go to doneforyoubuck.com to see what my friends can do for you. That's doneforyoubuck.com to begin your real estate investment journey. When we come back, we've got Tiana Lowe joining us. All right, for more on the fiery exchange between Senator Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci, let's bring in contributor here at the first, uh, Tina Lowe, commentary editor at the uh, Washington Examiner. Tina, good to see you. Thanks for having me here, Buck. So we have Fauci throwing down with Rand Paul, and we've played a little bit of this, but one of the big, uh, one of the big allegations here is that Rand Paul is straight up saying that there was a lie here. That, that Fauci was actually lying to him. Play clip two. If the point that you are making is that the, the, the grant that was funded as a sub-award from EcoHealth to Wuhan created SARS-CoV-2, that's where you are getting. Let me finish. We don't know. Well, we don't wait know a minute. It did I come from the lab, but you, all the evidence is pointing that it came from the lab. You, and there will be responsibility for those who funded the right. lab, including yourself. I totally resent the lie that you are now propagating, Senator, because if you look at the viruses that were used in the experiments that were given in the annual reports that were published in the literature, 
it is molecularly impossible. No one's saying those it, viruses it is, caused it. It no is molecularly. That those virus caused the pandemic. What we're alleging is that gain of function research was going on in that lab and NIH funded it. That you is can't not. Get away from it. It meets your definition and you are obfuscating the truth. Tina, I get the sense that they don't like each other, but where are we on the facts here? Who has the preponderance of the evidence on their side in this argument as we know it? So obviously, given the censorious nature of the Chinese Communist Party, we don't have a lot of hard material evidence. What we do have is a plethora of circumstantial evidence showing that it is much more plausible that this thing came from a lab. So the Wuhan Institute of Virology houses RATG13, which is third, which is a 96% uh, genetic similarity to SARS-CoV-2, which is, you know, the source of COVID. That's the closest known cousin, and it's not particularly co close. Where did that sample come from? A thousand miles away from caves in, in uh, Western China. And we do know that the way that that was acquired was with funding from EcoHealth Alliance, which Fauci was responsible for funding. It, we, we know that, that, that the seafood market did not sell bats. We know that we did not find a pangolin from which this thing jumped from. What we do have is that sample, or at least we had it. And we had, you know, the Wuhan Institute of Virology bragging endlessly up until, you know, the pandemic actually emerged about their gain of function research in conjunction with, with EcoHealth Alliance. What Fauci is doing is just trying to change the definition of what, of what, funding, what funding means, right? and also what gain-of-function research actually is. He's just playing a rhetorical game here by shifting all the goalposts. And it seems as though when we look at what's happened over time here and as more information comes out, there also was real incentive when you start to put all these pieces together for, let's say it was a judgment call in the early stages of the pandemic, what was the more likely scenario? It still strikes, uh, strikes me, and I'm wondering how it strikes you, that. Dr. Fauci and the international health expert community of which he is a part and perhaps the most well-known one at this point would have wanted to steer people in the direction of a natural origin of the virus entirely because if the scientific community was engaged in experiments that led to this thing, it would have been harder for that same scientific community to say, guess what, the Constitution doesn't count, do what we say or else. Well, it's really dumb that the left decided to, A, make this a political thing, right? I think figuring out the origin of a pandemic that shut down the planet for a year is not political. But then B, that they would take the pro-Fauci side, because in 2014, the Obama administration tried to put a moratorium on funding this gain-of-function research, particularly citing the risk that, you know, one of these labs could have an accident and leak a pandemic. Fauci was the one responsible for creating the carve-out, and what he did was was a, allow himself the ability to give exceptions to 10 organizations. Who was one of them? EcoHealth Alliance, the one that helped find samples like RATG13, which could have potentially been the source of COVID. And in 2017, you know, Trump reversed the moratorium and some funding went back, but that doesn't change the fact that Fauci was the one who gave EcoHealth Alliance this what? three-year head start in terms of all of this. So yeah, you know, Fauci's covering up his butt. He knows that he, he potentially funded this thing. 
And there, there's an obvious incentive for other scientists to not really challenge it too much. Fauci is the godfather of funding for almost all global virology. You know, he is the one in charge of funding not just American virology research, but also um, abroad. So no one's going to challenge him on this. And also, I think we've reached a point where when you have two people who are each accusing the other of being liars, somebody's got to be lying, you'd think, right? Otherwise, it would be quite a, quite a confusion that we're talking about here. And during this hearing, again, Senator Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci threw those allegations out at each other. Play three. I want everyone to understand that if you look at those viruses, and that's judged by qualified virologists and evolutionary biologists. Those viruses are molecularly impossible no one's to result they are. No in SARS-CoV-2. Cause the pandemic. We're saying they are gain-of-function viruses because yeah, they were animal not. viruses that became more transmissible in human, and you funded it. And you, you admit the truth. And you implying, Senator Paul, your time has expired, and I will allow witnesses right. who come before this committee to respond. And, and you are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual. I totally resent that. And if anybody is lying here, Senator, it is you. It is you, he says. Uh, Senator Rand Paul is also referring Dr. Fauci's statements for investigation, essentially a DOJ referral for lying to Congress. What do we think of this? I mean, that's what landed Michael Cohen in prison, right? Lying to Congress? Um, and I don't know, obviously, if he's going to have the goods on this, but it's a fun rhetorical game that Fauci is playing there. You know, first, he's trying to answer a question that Rand Paul isn't asking, which is, did you fund any gain of function exper- um, experiments? Not, did you fund something that could have become the pandemic? And then Fauci just pivots to, oh, but the implication, so therefore you're a liar, which, you know, it's not like Rand Paul is some random backbench freshman quack in Congress. He is a medical doctor. He's, I guess, an ophthalmologist, which still gives him at least some sense of the science. Science is a process. It's not just a random collection of facts that Fauci tells us. It is a process, and that process means that we can find different conclusions. And as we've continued to search, we are finding no evidence to back the natural origin theory and a great deal of circumstantial evidence. Tina Lowe, good to see you. Thanks for joining us on this one. The Texas lawmakers who fled the Lone Star State for the nation's capital have gone quiet after half a dozen of them contracted COVID-19. Guess no more selfies, no more Instagram photos of their sad salads. You think the media would be showing the same level of deference if a group of Republicans had pulled the same stunt? I don't think so. And more we come back on that. But first, I want to tell you about the latest sponsor here at Hold the Line, My Digital Money. Everyone wants to invest in cryptocurrencies, but it's not that easy to get started. Well, that's why Colin Plume, the CEO of Noble Gold, decided to create My Digital Money. It's an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with concierge-level customer service. It's one of the few U.S.-based cryptocurrency companies that will answer your phone call and help you get started. And because your comfort and security is their absolute priority, they offer you some really important stuff like unparalleled military-grade security for your coins, trigger orders to help you secure opportunities for gains or limit losses without having to watch your account 24-7, a play money account so you can test the market without risking your money. And with the recent pullback of most of the major cryptocurrencies out there, this might be the best time in a long time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. When it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals that have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not just a number. 
Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be right back. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Last week, a group of 50 Texas fugitive Democrats fled to Washington, D.C. on two luxurious jets to kill a voting bill. Turns out it was something of a super spreader event, wasn't it? So far, six of them have tested positive for COVID. They exposed the VP, infected a White House staffer and a senior staffer, Pelosi. And yet uh, they reject calling it a super spreader event in the press, don't they? We'll get into that on tonight's Buck Brief. More than 10% of the traveling party with these Texas Democrats now claim to have a breakthrough case. Is there any concern that this trip that was intended to advocate for voting rights is now a super spreader event in Washington? Well, I would say that's not a characterization we're making from here. Now that COVID-19, uh, after contact with those Democrats, has reached the White House, what is your message to these Texas Democrats? Our message continues to be uh, thanks for standing up for voting rights and the rights of Americans to have their voices heard uh, at the voting booth, uh, and we appreciate their efforts in that regard. There is no amount of money you could pay me to get me to say things that are that stupid, but Jen Psaki does it. There you go. Uh, you know, got to get those book deals and all the speaking engagements and stuff after she's done with being the Biden mouthpiece for the uh, White House. Look, just imagine for a second, this was a group of GOP representatives causing a COVID scare in the White House. We would be told how horrible it is, how reckless. Here, here they are, no masks, no masks. I, I thought we had to wear masks on planes, which is moronic, as we all know. But, you know, we're told we have to do that. We're supposed to do that. And then why is it treated so differently when you have a circumstance like this? And as it plays out, sure enough. There are people who were traveling with COVID, gave COVID to other people, exposed people more than we can even know to the COVID, probably the Delta variant of COVID-19. Remember back in October of 2020, I mean, Fauci, because he's a little Democrat, he's a tool of the Democrat Party, has been all along. He called Trump's Rose Garden ceremony announcing Amy Coney Barrett a super spreader event. Well, I think the, the, the data speaks for themselves. We had a super spreader event in the White House, and it was in a situation where people were crowded together and were not wearing masks. So the data speak for themselves. Yeah, it's also obvious, right? A lot of that ceremony was outdoors, by the way. But yeah, oh, it's all so obvious, Fauci says. If only they had worn masks. This guy is the absolute worst. Oh, no, wait. The Democrats who fled the Texas state capitol, they're probably, well, are they worse than Fauci? No, but they're also pretty terrible. Here's one of them, uh, Sanfronia Thompson, who has compared, remember, the Texas governor, uh, Abbott, has said that he would arrest and take to the Capitol to do their jobs, which he is allowed to do under law, these representatives when they return to the state of Texas. And one of the absconded Democrats wanted to make a comparison that, well, you can hear it for yourself. We refuse to be a hostage. That's right. To remain a hostage within the state of Texas. 
and I know that there are search warrants out for us, and I'm ready to be arrested. <laughs> what do you do to a slave if you don't do nothing but arrest them when they flee? We fled Texas, and if they want to arrest me, go ahead. I'm ready to be arrested. Yeah. I mean, pretty reckless thing to say, but, you know, Democrats these days, whatever works, right? Whatever's going to serve their narrow and immediate political interest, that's what they'll say, including using this opportunity uh, to demand the return of mask mandates. We've got Donna Howard, who is one of the individuals who left here. She wasn't wearing a mask. And you see her in that photo? Wasn't wearing a mask. That's her on the plane. But she tweeted out, we need to follow the science here. Texas needs to change course and allow for universal mask wearing to prevent the spread of the highly contagious Delta variant, especially as children under 12 cannot get vaccinated yet. Yeah. Um, Rules for you, but not for her. Rules for thee, but not for me. That's the way they always approach this stuff on the left. That's how the Democrats view all of this. This Texas Democrat stunt is absurd. It's really pretty appalling, but it's serving the purpose of allowing the media to pretend that there's some kind of heroism on display here for what they've done. Uh, and now you also have, I mean, Joy Ann Reed over at MSNBC, she's just decided she's going to be the most uh, outrageously dishonest person on a channel full of dishonest leftists. That's, that's her decision. That's her brand now. And just to say things that are, that are offensive and that are way over the line. Um, so she wrote, so now Texas Republicans are putting bounties on pregnant women. I almost hate to ask what this benighted party will think of next. This is Talibanism. Are Texas conservatives going to be spying on women of childbearing age? Uh, the, the whole thing is, is absolutely absurd. Um, and... They're just saying things at this point that are meant to frighten their base. They're saying things that are meant to convince uh, people on the left that the Republican that lives next door or down the street is an evil person, a bad person, bounties out on women, reproductive rights threatened, voting rights threatened, all this stuff that's out there right now. And you just say, you know, the country has real problems that we could all address if we were going to be adults. And there would be places where we would disagree with Democrats in good faith on things, and maybe some places where Republicans could come a little more to the center just to get things done. But this Democrat Party of today, Looney Tunes stuff going on here, not living in reality. All right, a new article from BuzzFeed News is shedding light on the role the FBI played in an alleged plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer last year. We'll go over the details with the senior editor of Human Events, Jack Posobiec, after the break. But first, let's talk about the most important asset you have, your home. I mean, how much equity do you have in your home? 50,000, 100,000, more? Cybercrime experts are alerting homeowners that the more equity you have, the greater the chance foreign and domestic criminals will come after you. Home title theft is one of the fastest growing crimes out there. In fact, Home Title Lock, America's leader in home title protection, is alerting homeowners they could already be a victim and not know it. Here's how it goes down. First, cyber thieves search hundreds of public databases for high equity homes. Next, they pull your home's online title, forge your signature stating you sold your home, and take out loans using your equity. You're not covered by insurance, your bank, or common identity theft programs. Protect your most valuable asset. Register your address now to see if you're already a victim and receive a complete title history of your home, a $100 value free. 
Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Be right back with Jack Posobiec. According to court filings, evidence, and dozens of interviews conducted by BuzzFeed News, the FBI had a much deeper involvement in the alleged effort to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer last year. In total, at least 12 FBI informants were involved in the investigation, the so-called Wolverine Watchmen, and were involved in the plot from the very beginning. According to BuzzFeed, quote, some of the informants acting under the direction of the FBI played a far larger role than has been previously reported. Working in secret, they did more than just passively observe and report on the actions of the suspects. Instead, they had a hand in nearly every aspect of the alleged plot, starting with its inception. The extent of their involvement raises questions as to whether there would have even been a conspiracy without them. Would anything have happened without these 12, that's right, a dozen FBI informants and, and folks helping them involved in this? Joining me to discuss this, senior editor of Human Events, Jack Posobiec. Poso, good to see you. Look, always good to be here. It's quite interesting that we are yet again talking about our beloved national security agencies. Yeah, that's two guys who come out of the intel community. I keep telling everybody, none of this is surprising. But tell us in this particular case, Jack, what, is it, what do we know right now and what looks like, uh, what, what, what does it look like occurred here in this? The whole plot, the whole thing seemed so stupid and weird from the very beginning. Uh, of course, they made it sound incredibly menacing, too. What do we know about this kidnap Whitmer uh, plot that was allegedly hatched? So this is actually quite nefarious, and it goes even beyond what we're seeing in these court documents because we have to remember the timing of when this place and how it played out in the headlines therein. Uh, this all happened the first week of October 2020. This was one month before the presidential election. These arrests take place. This massive sting gets pulled. All the arrests happen. This becomes national news throughout the country the same week, by the way, that the Hunter Biden laptop story drops. And then senior officials at social media organizations say that story is not allowed to be shared. We're going to ban it forthwith. We later find out that members of the Department of Justice, specifically the U.S. attorney, said that we cannot investigate Joe Biden or excuse me, Hunter Biden because if the grand jury spilled out, that might interfere in the election. So on one hand, we've got the FBI conducting a massive sting operation in October of 2020 to go after, uh, well, let's say opponents of Democrats. But on the other hand, we've got the FBI through the DOJ saying we can't investigate Hunter Biden because it might interfere in the election in the exact same Time frame. When you look at the actual documents here of these 12, and keep in mind that we only know so far that 12 people were involved as informants, 13 were arrested. Uh, one of those 13, by the way, was an informant originally himself, but they decided to file charges on him afterwards because apparently the relationship hasn't been going so well for him. Then we find later on that 
these informants in some cases played key roles within this militia. Now, this militia was using these uh, these Boogaloo memes. It was tapping into the Boogaloo movement, which was this online sort of anarchist, anti-government kind of thing. But then they were drawing people to this area in Michigan because they were saying they were going to take action against the government. Well, here's the problem. It turns out now that these informants, in many cases, were paying for travel, were paying for accommodations. And in the text messages that have been started to be released by the defense lawyers for these guys, you can see the informants are, and the special agents in many cases are actually the ones encouraging the action and funding the action to take place. Jack, it often comes up in the, it has come up in the past during uh, jihadist terrorist plots you would hear the ACLU and people, Democrats on the left, would say, oh, well, well, it's entrapment because there was someone who was saying, you know, yes, jihad is an obligation, right? Or, or they, at some point, right. went from just being present to being encouraging of the event. In this case, based on the BuzzFeed reporting, the inception, as in the basic idea to do this, may have come from the FBI, which I do think for a lot of people raises some very valid concerns of why is the FBI going around trying to convince people to engage in a plot that they can then foil from the beginning? I mean, from step one, that does seem to be a difference. I mean, in the jihadist context, I, I worked on some cases where, yeah, they would insert uh, a confidential informant, let's say the FBI would, or even uh, local law enforcement would insert someone near someone who's already saying, you know, I want to raise money to send it to the Islamic State. Okay, well, now they want to see what this guy wants to do. But if they have somebody walking around who's saying, hey, I've got this idea for a terrorist plot, here's what we're gonna do, and I'm gonna pay you to do it, and I'm gonna encourage you to do it, that does seem to at least blur some ethical lines, doesn't it? Right, because of course the essential line comes down to, would this have existed in the first place had the FBI and these informants not been funding, planning, and plotting this sting operation in the first place? And secondly, where does it leave us when it comes to actual active terrorist plots that are not being paid attention to because so much energy and resources are going into this sting operation? You and I well know from working in the intelligence community that everything comes down to funding, to prioritization, and to the utilization of resources, how they're mobilized, how they're maneuvered throughout the government, et cetera. And so we had all this uh, attention and all of this energy going towards these guys, draw, by the way, drawing them to Michigan from parts all across the country to conduct this. Uh, this FBI sting, and yet we still don't know who it was that planted the pipe bombs outside the RNC, the DNC on the night of January 5th. We can't even get basic information like the height of the of the suspect uh, who conducted that. So it really is, again, a question of the prioritization of the FBI and seeing where these things go. Plus, and I would add the massive, massive headline this was, a huge boon to the Democrat party in many cases, especially the swing state of Michigan, just four weeks before the election when this thing went down. Jack, and we also remember that uh, you're bringing up the pol political aspect of this. Governor Whitmer herself, a, a, bunch, of, a bunch of wackos with a whole lot of FBI encouragement and help have some plan to kidnap her because she was so pro-COVID lockdown or something like that. And she went out right away and said, this is Trump's fault. Just last week, the President of the United States stood before the American people 
and refused to condemn white supremacists and hate groups like these two Michigan militia groups. Stand back and stand by, he told them. Hate groups heard the president's words not as a rebuke, but as a rallying cry, as a call to action. Call to action. You know, it's Trump's fault that these lunatics allegedly were trying to kidnap her with the FBI prodding them along, maybe even giving them the idea. Seems pretty clear what's going on with that, Jack. Yes, it's amazing how Governor Whitmer not only immediately emerges from this, uh, but also goes directly for the highest political capital she can in terms of it, politicizes the entire thing, doesn't come out and talk about you know what the operation was or what went into it, says this is all Trump's fault, we need to blame it on Trump, and is able to push that again and again into, and if you remember, by the way, they were talking about her at one point as being vice presidential candidate material, uh, perhaps herself running for Senate or running for president in the future. She is using this for as much political gain as she can. Well, apparently, it turns out that she should thank her biggest endorsers, that being the informants and special agents of the FBI. Jack Posobiec, always good to see you, my friend. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Buck. Take care. An incoming freshman was denied admission to her dream school because of her COVID vaccine status. And Mitch McConnell begs Americans to get the vaccine. We've got that and more coming up in Quick Hits tonight. First, a word from my friends at My Digital Money. Everyone wants to invest in the crypto market these days, but it's not that easy to get started. That's why Colin Plume, the CEO of Noble Gold, decided to create My Digital Money. It's an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with concierge-level customer service. It's one of the few U.S.-based cryptocurrency companies that will answer your phone call and help you get started. And because your comfort and security is their absolute top priority, they offer an unparalleled military-grade security for your coins, trigger orders to help you secure opportunities for gains or limit losses without having to watch your account 24-7, a play money account so you can test the market without risking your money, and look, with the recent pullback of most of the major cryptocurrencies, this might be the best time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. When it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals who have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not just a number. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. Quick hits coming up next. Stay there. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's gonna be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The people have voted and they want Bezos to stay in space. Meanwhile, the U.S. women's soccer team let the country down not once, but twice. We will explain in quick hits. Let's get right to it. First of all, as you know, there is an enormous amount of pressure put on people right now to get the vaccine. Not to think about whether you want the vaccine or you need the vaccine. Get it. If you don't, you are treated like you're a bad person. If you don't, there's something that is wrong with you. And that, when, when you start to look at it and, and, and pull it apart, say, you say, that doesn't make any sense. 
Uh, there are people who have already had infection, and there's plenty of reason right now. And it, perhaps it'll change. Maybe there'll be different data. But the data so far suggests that those who have already been infected with COVID have no additional benefit from getting the vaccine. And then there's also people who have particular health issues, real health issues with getting the vaccine. And here is a case of just that and the consequences one could face. An incoming college freshman was denied admission to Brigham Young University, Hawaii, and lost $200,000 in scholarships because she would not get a COVID-19 vaccine due to a pre-existing medical condition. The student developed Guillain-Barre syndrome after receiving a flu vaccine in 2019 and was paralyzed from the waist down for over a month as a result. She requested an exemption from BYU's vaccination requirement after her team of medical doctors advised against her getting the shot, but the university denied it. Um, that's right. They, they, she wanted an exemption. She has a clear medical reason for it, the kind of thing that you think anybody would understand. And look, everyone around her, getting if they're already vaccinated or they've had the disease, the chance of them being at risk from this one person who, even if she got the disease, would only have it for a limited period of time, maybe wouldn't even be all that transmissible. People have different viral loads. They just simply don't know. No, they say you can't come to college. Your dream school, gone. There are real consequences to the extreme positions and approach here. There are real consequences from it. Um, and it's something that we all continue to see play out and everyone should be on guard against it. Oh, the U.S. women's soccer team. They want to get attention for themselves. So there's a Rapino. Megan Rapino gets a lot of attention. The leftist. She's all down with social justice. And, you know, we're supposed to care about these things. Well, the U.S. women's soccer team all took a knee. And then they got their butts kicked by Sweden, which was just great. Happy to see that Sweden uh, gave them a thorough thrashing on the field. Not hard to uh, be in favor of those Swedish ladies. Um, they did a very nice job, played, played very well as a team. And I just note that this is going to get really old really fast. You know, we're, we got the Olympics going on. And people taking a knee, it's boring. It's childish. Nobody really wants to see this. Uh, we want to see sports played. And I, I think that it's, it's essential that everybody who believes in patriotism and wants to support a certain vision, a certain approach on these things, just says to themselves, I'm not going to support people who do this. I'm not going to watch them. I'm not going to buy their products. I'm not going to uh, be a part of their messaging. And in the case of Sweden, giving the U.S. women's national team quite a, a butt kicking, um, great. Glad to see it. I'm happy that they got, they got thrown around uh, the field. Um, Jeff Bezos, you may have seen, launched a very interesting looking rocket up into the sky. The whole separate thing. Um, but there's now a petition out there because this has turned into a social justice and class warfare issue. Billionaires should not exist on earth or in space, but they should decide the latter. Uh, but should they decide the latter, rather, they should stay there. This is the change.org position. All of a sudden, they're hating on Jeff Bezos because he flew a plane. I mean, billionaires own homes all over the world. They buy, you know, $500 million yachts and they spend money in all kinds of ways. What business is it of these, uh, these whiny leftists if Bezos, who's a lib, so he kind of gets what he deserves uh, here with all the libs coming after him, 
When a lib comes out and says, uh, you know, we want to tell you what you can spend your money on, why? Why is it any of their business? Why do we even have to pretend that this, ugh, anyway. The problem with taking the approach of envy and class warfare is that you don't really turn it off. That becomes your way of seeing things. That becomes your vision for the future and for the world that we live in. And so even when someone decides that they just want to go for a space flight, some billionaire, which some people think is actually kind of cool and maybe commercial space travel in the next 50 years will become a more viable thing and more people go to space and space exploration will improve. And I don't know, I'm not all that into that stuff, but no, instead it's take more taxes from them. That's what they say. I refused to watch the NBA finals last night, but there was one kind of worthwhile moment in it where one of the announcers had something to say about Fauci. I'll watch this year's draft class take the stage and begin the next chapter in their basketball journey. The NBA draft Thursday, July 29th at 8 p.m. on ABC and ESPN. Dr. Fauci is cringing at home as he's watching our game. <laughs> Dr. Fauci is cringing. Remember, the one thing they can't handle is mockery. That's the one thing authoritarian leftists cannot abide. So every chance we get to uh, make fun of Fauciism, I think, is a good one. Is an opportunity, one we should jump on. All right, before uh, we, we jump from here, I just want to thank you for watching me every weekday here on The First TV and supporting this network, the only one dedicated to protecting free speech. Reminder, you can watch my show live or on demand anytime with The First TV app. The best part, The First TV app is 100% free. Just search The First TV in the App Store on your phone, tablet, or smart TV and download today. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is up next. Shields high.